Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Rice Guys podcast, rated 4.5 out of 4, just like my Common app. Anyways, my name is Jay, and I'm your host for tonight. Today, I'll be joined by Mark and Joe. Joe Mama! (laughs) (laughs) Okay, um, so today's topic from from the beginning is going to be on weight loss and body shaming. Yeah, and body... You know, topics of body image and social media and how, what constitute as, you know, what constitute as body image. You know, one of the most prominent examples right now is the before and after photos. Like, what do you guys think of that? Uh, Personally, for me, as somebody who's went through weight loss and went through that kind of process and I take pictures for myself to show progress i i think it's i think it's kind of ridiculous to say that something that i've put so much work into is shaming other people and i think we see this trend and it's really common around a lot of things and um yeah that's pretty much my take like i i don't know what you guys think about it but like i think it's kind of crazy that just because i worked hard on something and i want to share it with people is me shaming other people's bodies you know same here my take is that you know you're you're entitled to show off your progress in like a non-demeaning way as long as you're not like imposing yourself all the time upon others i feel like you know go for it it's your body do what you want with it Hmm. what are you just to be the devil's just to be the devil's advocate here Uh you know i know I think I know three people now who've actually suffered quite heavily from body image issues and other such. Well, it's not, we, we don't call them illnesses, do we? It's more like a, what do you call it? Dissatisfaction with yourself. Yeah, like a disorder, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just keep thinking, like, what if I'm looking at it from their perspective, you know? What if my Instagram feed is always constantly filled with those before and after photos? And, like, I'm struggling to think of how I feel about my own body, right? Uh And I keep seeing other people. Like, I'm proud of them, but it also feels like I'm ashamed of myself that I constantly need to make um, these hard decisions, like counting calories, you know, should I have the butter pecan tart or should I have the ice cream cake? Oh, wait, might as well have neither because, you know, I want to, I want that ideal body image, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's in their perspective. I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here's the way, like I see it, right? So, you know, I I was obviously dissatisfied with the way I looked in the mirror and my weight. And instead of, I guess, developing an eating disorder through that, I took that as motivation to work harder. And, And to be honest, when people tell me like, hey, you know, don't talk about your journey. Don't talk about what you did. Don't talk about your struggles because that's body shaming and that's promoting like eating disorders it just it it honestly hurts me to to think that 
me trying to share my success with others to inspire them is being seen as shaming other people. Like I could definitely see where they're coming from when they say, oh, you know, it's it's hard to be this and it's hard to be that. But from another standpoint, we also have to think about like health in general, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, there's a, there's a line between being a bit chubbier than other people or being a bit skinny, but but then there's like morbid obesity or like anorexia, right? Being way too skinny. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So like, where do we draw the draw the line there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I mean, I... on a slightly related note, like, would you say that it's the before and after style photos that are causing the issue, or is it like airbrushing that's prominent in basically every aspect of our media? Mm, you've got a good point there. Um, like, like you talked about, like if it's about a personal journey, I feel like, well, not entitled, but I feel like you have the right to be proud of yourself because you've made that journey and you put in the hard work and, you know, social media is supposed to be about posting things you care about or things that make you happy. Right. And of course, um, people saying that your progress would be a definition of body shaming. I understand why it can be hurtful for you. Like, let's say, for example, I got accepted or like I got a really good grade at a project or I got a promotion and I posted it on my social media. Um, I wouldn't, I would also feel hurt if people said that, oh no, your success um, shames other people who aren't successful you know what do you feel about all the people who didn't get that promotion or whole like the people who didn't get that grade like I want to be able to post things that make me happy and inspire others to do so if I can and I totally understand what you're saying with that uh-huh. for example where exactly do you draw the line bef- between like posting of self-progress and inspiration and posting to show off you know because a lot of people where the harm really comes in is when you're posting to show off when you airbrush yourself when you photoshop everything that that could be quite detrimental but when you're showing progress i feel like that is more of an inspiration as mark said i think like where we have to really think about it is like when it comes down to actual progress versus like like you said photoshopping and stuff like that because when when we but i feel like in general in a lot of topics we're getting into a really extreme side of things where pretty much anything can be correlated to uh something negative so you're drowning out because obviously there's been this problem of like image and perfect face the perfect body type and people photoshop to to get that and i i definitely think that's an issue but now we're getting into the territory of shaming people who've made genuine progress and they're not like hiding like things or they're not tricking you right and i think i think where we where we should be drawing the line and where where we're not drawing the line is between between that difference right because mm-hmm. like i feel like we're getting more and more extreme and this really goes into i guess the social media era 
where you, know, you go on YouTube and you watch one video and it pushes like 200 videos to you. That's kind of like confirmation biased, if that makes any sense at all, actually. Oh, yeah, like the self-gratification. Mm-hmm. And I think as time goes on, we as people think less and less about others opinions and more about like more about like like your ideas you search them up and then google pushes them back to you so you think therefore i am correct right yeah yeah um you raise a really good point i feel like you know it really questions the purpose of social media in general right uh-huh because i know a lot of people you know some people use it for the memes uh-huh. <laughs> some people use it for like things they're actually proud of like their family life um they use it as like for people to catch up with them and others use it for like self-gratification even though you know you may not be feeling so well on the inside it's like putting on a mask you know you're saying to the world, I'm happy, I'm I'm living the best life, I'm perfect. But is that really healthy? Yeah, you, you raise a good question there. Like where what where do we like what's what's the like actual point of social media? And I think you always have to look at social media with a grain of salt, right? Because you really can't trust everything everyone's saying on social media you see all those like memes of people taking pictures in their backyard and then posting like hey i'm in cuba or like hey i'm in hawaii <laughs> yeah, or something yeah, yeah. right oh yeah like, like those beach photos like hey look at me i'm having a great time and you know in reality these influencers are just spending all their time at home editing photos of themselves a world that doesn't exist to seem yeah. like there's something and back on the same topic, like we've heard it so many times that we start to take it with a grain of salt, but it's true that social media is the highlight reel of many people. And what we're doing is we're comparing our uh, behind the scenes with people's highlight reels. And that's just not fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's actually a really good analogy for it. Like, but I think, you know, I think we should you know look at social media as a highlight reel right like you post before and afters to highlight like the success you've made like nobody wants to read like how bad your day's been going every day like you don't you know unless you're like starting to start a twitter war you don't post like depressing things on twitter for seemingly no reason right like mm-hmm. you, you want to show people oh, like wow. hey this is what i'm doing it's pretty cool right you know then people I guess they get caught too caught up in the ideal life, which is always exciting when sometimes you just got to wash the dishes and, you know, I'm not going to post that on Instagram. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's, and then like, if you do post negative things, it's either like you actually, you know, people are supportive or like you call, you get called like an attention seeker, like, Oh, you're just doing it for the clout or, you know, like you just want attention that's why you're posting all these things right yeah that's also an issue we've got right now because especially for many i've seen a few too many posts detailing this but it's like 
you know, being suicidal is attention seeking, but taking your life by suicide is a tragedy, you know, society views it like that now instead of how it should be, which is that those who are suicidal need help. And, you know, it's not it's not a form of attention seeking, they genuinely need help. And yet we just shun them. Mm -hmm. Well, I have been seeing a lot more positive communities on social media that actually help address such things in in the community as well but you know it can it can definitely go either ways you're either just totally shaming them or you're actually being positive and helpful it depends on where you are in in in, in the social media realm well, i think we should i think this is a really good transition actually into um uh how we feel about like mental disorders as as a whole i i can't i think we, we got to focus uh, on the problem like from a broader perspective like instead of just like one or just two body like, shaming. as okay, it's yeah. well not body shaming like we should i think we can expand it here right because over time i feel like we've become more and more i, I guess I, I can't really find the word for it but like like used to people saying that they're depressed this and they're and they're they have this mental disorder like how do you guys feel about that like is it like a fad is it like or how can you differentiate between people who are genuinely attention seeking and people who genuinely need help you know it's definitely a fine line for example many students nowadays their their entire life is almost based on like making it seem like that they have it really hard you know like i mean for example we're the rice guys we know that many uh, <laughs> asian american students for example like their whole life is based on you know those 3 a.m snaps of their physics homework like we just gotta make it sound as hard as it is you know because it almost seems like the worse you have it the more validated you are oh yeah i totally get what you mean you know that but it's there's a difference between like feeling depressed and being clinically depressed you know and mm -hmm. some people don't understand like it's a definition not it's a problem with the definition of things the actual meaning of words and when people abuse that that's when that's when things get blurred so like here here's my question for you guys is like how would you be able to differentiate between someone who genuinely needs help and someone who's like saying it for attention because obviously as we've mentioned before that society has an issue where when someone says they're suicidal they're attention seeking but when they commit suicide it's a tragedy so like where how do we how do we as a community like differentiate between these two people and like what are some steps we can take to eliminate like people overusing these words right like hmm well i'm not i'm not really sure it's such such a interesting issue because you can't you, you never know for sure because if you treat everything like it's the real thing well obviously there are a bunch of people who only want attention but I'd say for um, the first time, 
you know, I'm not sure where or how you can tell, but you can tell that some things are kind of different. Like some people are actually suffering and they're going through tough things while others are just saying, oh my God, I'm depressed. I have like three math tests tomorrow, which I'm sure really stresses them out, but that's no reason for being suicidal, you know? Well, here's here's something that I was just thinking about is like, what if we treated everybody and this is a hot take and this doesn't represent like how I actually feel, but I thought I'm just like, hypothetically, what if we treated everybody like they really meant what they were saying and we genuinely went to treat them? Do you think that would stop and deter people who aren't gen, who don't genuinely need help from like pretending or thinking it's cool to say that they're like feeling depressed or something? You know, that's an extreme example, but it would definitely deter many from saying it. It's, I feel like a more reasonable thing to do would be to, you know, define exactly who can use these words and who can't. And for example, like there are clinically diagnosed cases of depression. There are clinically, everything should be taken from a clinical standpoint. Like you can't just go around saying you're depressed when there's nothing supporting that right but you know if we sought help for everyone that said something then it would deter those from just joking about it or saying it just you know for the attention but then we gotta but but another thing we have to think about is like what about the because like i don't know i feel like most people who are genuinely not feeling like in the right state of mind wouldn't really want to talk about it right like mm-hmm. how would we deal with those people say it, and especially with nowadays with all all these people just saying it right people who genuinely have these feelings can no longer determine like what they're really feeling because then you get like i guess people like us saying that you know you just saying it maybe you know you're just doing it for the attention but then you know it goes into the minds of people who genuinely are feeling unwell right like how how would how would we treat the non-vocal community of these kinds of people? Uh, first of all, let me just clarify that we are not registered therapists. And if you are one of those non-vocal, you should consider seeking medical help or professional help because that's how you'll get treated best. And uh, yeah. always remember that there's people out there who care about you, but back onto the i guess topic is like how would how would how would we solve that issue right like people who aren't feeling great but then have all these people saying like cuz obviously when we talk about these issues people start to doubt themselves right well the only solution i see is treating people like people like being kind and stuff you know for these kinds of people even the smallest act of act of kindness can be such a difference in their lives you know it could be the difference of like making their day or like being the tipping point of something and i just think you know being kinder in general would be just even that small act of i don't know giving your chips to your buddy or you know asking about their day and stuff right mm-hmm. it, it really 
it's it's the little things, but it makes such a big difference. Well, I guess I guess that kind of speaks to just I guess in general, right? Like it not just mm-hmm. depression and these kinds of mental disorders, like all all kind of issues, right? You know, and I think mm-hmm. like we really when when talking about sensitive things like this, you really have to just remember that although there are people who make it harder for everyone by you know showing off a bit too much or saying things that you know they probably shouldn't be saying you you gotta like think about the people who are actually going through stuff as well like how would making changes affect them right and sometimes Mm -hmm. really depressed people don't actually want professional help either and like oh yeah totally that's definitely an issue like sometimes you know you don't want to talk about your feelings with a a therapist right like they're not your friend they're 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 there to Mm -hmm. try and get you to do something right Mm -hmm. well it is also important to remember that they are trained and you know if they they're probably the ones who can best help you if you are in that situation that being said you don't have to take them up on it but it is they are there for you that's what they're supposed to do that that is also true i I think seeking personally i think seeking professional help is definitely the best way but you know if, if you you're really against it you know, no one's forcing you to, right? And I think we shouldn't force people to do anything. I think that's where a lot of problems actually arise is when you're forced to do something you really don't want to do, right? Mm-hmm. Or you feel forced to, right? Like, I guess the whole, when if we go back to our original topic of before and after, uh, if you look at it from this standpoint that like, like you said, uh, Joe, when you're on Instagram, and everyone's always posting them, you feel kind of obligated to do it yourself, right? Yeah. And I guess that can be seen as like something that you wouldn't encourage people to do is like post their before and afters. So I guess it's it's really hard to really please everybody in this situation. Like what what would you do for that? Like how how would we fix something like this? Like what, what well you guys talk about like things like you know it's bad if you force people to do what they don't want to do but sometimes sometimes it's necessary because you know for eating disorders and depression and other disorders or illnesses the scary thing is that it's the mind it's the mind that's behind all of this Uh and um I know someone I know personally um they they despised food they despised um wanting to eat food they despised people who gave them food or forced them to eat it and um the said person had to go to a hospital and was um went to therapy and did a bunch of stuff that they did not want to do but in the end it's it was the difference that really you know forced her to change her mindset and that's that's what um 
some things, even though they don't want to do it, some things are just better for them. You know what I'm saying? Like health reasons, right? Like health reasons. Like, like, like if, you're, if yeah. you don't eat, you're not going to survive. Yeah. Well, obviously life preservation is number one on the list, right? Like we, we obviously want everyone to like live happy, but like, I guess from like what I kind of meant was like, say, you know, I'm like, and I think we have to stop looking at the BMI because it's a lot of, it's a lot of crap, right? It, does, it doesn't tell you anything but like say like oh it's telling me i'm overweight right well mm-hmm. you know maybe your bones are heavier right i think i think our biggest issue isn't the extremes rather it's the general population's like sentiment on these things because that's where you start right you start by looking at your bmi and it's telling you you're overweight when you probably are just fine right you start by looking at like seeing that like or you start by like seeing beauty standards everywhere and and like that's when you start to develop issues i think we should i think the best way is honestly to just educate people on these things right and just to look from it like society has progressed a lot i know i've seen one calvin klein ad was where um it was it wasn't like the standard super thin gorgeous um you know the typical model uh-huh instead they portrayed someone that would that looked like a regular person like someone you'd see day-to-day walking in a city uh-huh and and like that the model was also a bit overweight as well and you know i feel like by having models or people you can look up to who are similar to you, I feel like that makes a load of difference as well. Yeah, like having like a more diverse pool of role models, I think is really important, right? We can't just keep having, you know, I don't know, like Dwayne The Rock Johnson in every like, <laughs> in every yeah. like photo everyone wants to look like Dwayne the rock and be as big as him well actually i think we have to remember that everyone's preferences are different as well right yeah I but think... like people like lizo you know like i know she gets like <laughs> she gets roasted a lot for who she is but i think in the big picture like i'm i'm actually quite um proud of what she's doing well and I admire her for trying to be that representation of a role model that she never had, you know? But I, I feel like that is true. But then we also have to think about, you know, when people start using things like like this as an excuse to try and like to like not improve on like a health issue, right? On a health issue, for sure. Like, because I, I know for sure that there's a lot of people going around who who have health problems and are using like like genuine role models as a way to excuse themselves from actually becoming healthier because in the long run they're going to develop like a serious illness that would end their life early right like mm-hmm. that's also that's definitely something and it's a it's this is a really complicated issue right because mm-hmm. it at different stages you know there's different things you have to think about right Mm -hmm. on one hand we have a lot of more like obviously less 
perfect, you know, however you want to see that word, like models. But on the other hand, you know, we have to try and promote a healthy lifestyle because that's how people are going to live longer, right? Yeah. Yeah, we got to stop talking about health in terms of weight or numbers. It should be something more about like how you feel. Yeah. I think that makes sense too. I think we should move away from generalizations for everyone and instead into things that actually affect you, right? Like, like obviously I wasn't like obese or anything. I was just overweight. And I definitely noticed I had a lot more like, like eczema because I get eczema. I had a lot more acne, you know, I, I had my, I had a lot more knee issues, right? My joints couldn't really handle my weight that well right Mm -hmm. and obviously now i feel a lot lighter on my feet like literally not saying that it's a bad or a good thing right you can see it how you want to see it but like from a health standpoint i'm definitely a lot healthier and and that also starts with the way you're eating right like it's really hard to be healthy which is really surprising like organic food costs so much more than you know processed food yeah, you're right. This is the first time in history that natural foods are more expensive than processed foods. And it's also the first time in history where being thin is a symbol of your wealth rather than being, you know, overweight. Because, you know, if you were heavy back in the day, that meant you were rich because you could eat. But now you see more and more often that it's the poor who are overweight because they can't afford to have a healthy eating lifestyle. And especially in America, it's prominent because of the you know, abundance of corn syrup and the other highly processed foods that can be a detriment to your health, mm-hmm. which are really cheap foods. It's, it's quite fascinating. Yeah, that's actually really interesting to look at. Like, like you said, you know, nowadays it's it's healthy to eat like less i guess right and and you can't blame a lot of people actually because human instinct is just to keep eating right because in the past you never know when you're going to get your next meal right so you got to store it up for later Mm -hmm. and i think it's really hard for a lot of people to control that right like everyone wants to just everyone wakes up at some point at the night and they're just like i want to get some food right now and some people do yeah yeah some people don't right and it's just it's it's not it's nature and it's kind of hard to like fix that right like how are we supposed to make you know healthy foods more affordable when that's a huge marketing ploy from like companies right yeah I feel like one thing we really haven't addressed, we've talked about all of these issues, but we haven't talked about the disparity in which they can be handled according to an economic standpoint. Uh You know, like how can you afford to go see a therapist if you can't afford to eat? How can you, you know, it's like, it's really, it's, it's exponentially harder for people who don't have money to find solutions to these problems and we're saying this in a place of privilege you know yeah for sure Mm -hmm.
Like, I mean, there really isn't a good solution to this, and that's something that society as a whole needs to address. But in the meantime, like, a lot of people just tell each other, you know, make do, but often you can't. And that's where society just falls flat on its face. Like, we all revolve around money. And I mean, again, we come from a place of privilege, but many don't. And that's kind of the issue here. Like those who were born into privilege have everything set out for them. But those who aren't have to fight for a lot of things on their own. And often that means sacrificing more than anyone else should. Yeah, that I agree with that. Like, we're, like solving a lot of these problems is actually like, it's more of a, it, these are all first world problems. Like, yeah, the, like, like. And I guess obesity kind of, you know, it's only an issue in richer countries, right? I think mm-hmm. in more we, developed countries. Uh huh. Like if we think back, just like like sixty years, right? And like and like you think and you think about like China, and I hear all these stories from like my parents, right? Like back in my day, we had nothing to eat, right? Now we're like worrying about eating too much, right? Just like imagine that, you know, and that that's and and a lot of countries now don't have that kind of luxury, right? And that is that is an issue in its own, right? But like then you wonder, we have all this food here, like why don't they have all that food as well, right? Hmm. Yeah, I mean different. Countries in different stages of development all have their own problems, right? Uh-huh. And obviously, no system is perfect. And it just happens that those in a more privileged country have this issue, while those in a slightly less developed country have other issues that they need to address to. But no matter what stage of development our countries are in, there's always going to be some kind of issue. And it's always going to pervade the majority of society there. So what what do we do about that? Do we just like live with it? Do we try to change it? Because if 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 you think about it, right? If there's always gonna be a problem, do you just live with the problem then? Like, how, how do we how do we go about that? Do you just like sit there? Well, and we think, always better. We always gotta work towards a better future. You know. Uh huh. What What are the solutions? We. It's, it's always a part of like. I guess innovation and social innovation, technological innovation, medical innovation, um, structural reformation, you know? Uh huh. And, you know, one thing I find interesting, I kind of want to go back on how we say, we said um, it's in the developed countries, we see that obesity is most prominent, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. But, you know, there are some examples, for example, um, like the Federated States of Micronesia. Uh Um, It's a country in Oceania where it has due to global trade and bad um, and its dietary change influenced by foreigners. It has an alarming it has alarming rates of overweightness and obesity. And um, in one district, 88% of adults age 20 or older are overweight. So it's not 
necessarily only a developed world problem. It can also perpetuate onto other countries, other developing countries in the global south or due to global trade and um, free trade. Yeah, it's definitely a problem that could be passed on over, right? Like, but I think the biggest thing is that it's in a developing country, more people have the tools to solve that, right? I don't, I, I don't necessarily, like, I don't really know much about the country you just talked about, but I don't think yeah. they really can do anything about that, right? Yeah, that's the, that's the issue because they're so reliant on this trade deal for their economy and it's negatively affecting the health of the people, but what can they do about it? In an increasingly modernized world, you know, it's it's hard to cut trades with the global powers, right? Yeah. Like you as an insignificant country in terms of, you know, the world stage, what can you do? What kind of power negotiating power do you hold? So, I mean, I guess all we can really do is just say, you know, watch your health, right? We live in a privileged country and, uh, and, you know, I, uh, you know instead of worrying i guess about how other people are don't don't really compare don't compare yourself to others rather i think you should compare yourself to yourself i think the best way to go about this is actually to for just everyone instead of saying hey i'm just so much worse than this person right like because there's always someone who's worse than you and there's always someone who's better off than you right instead of that i think we should focus more on being a better version of yourself the next day than you were today and i think that's the best way to think about it mm-hmm. that's I, I, definitely the right philosophy to have sorry but yeah i mean it's kind of an issue for many here because we're always in a state of comparison even everything we do is always being compared to everything someone else does for example the college admissions process. Each person is literally a bunch of stats on a paper that's compared to a bunch of stats on someone else's paper, which is also compared to millions of others who are just stats on paper. And there's nothing we can do about it. That's just how competitive society is today. Mm-hmm. But I think uh, even though that's true, I think you got to try your hardest to you know, work on yourself, right? Because if you're always working on yourself, I'm going to say this a lot throughout the course of this podcast as a whole, but like, I strongly believe in improving on yourself because me today, if me today is better than me yesterday, that's enough for me, right? You know, yeah, that's a win. That's a victory. That is a win, right? You know, if me today is not as as good as me yesterday... You know, that's also motivation for me to, you know, be better then, right? Like, hey, I was I was doing better yesterday. You know what? I can step it up. And I know it's hard to have a positive, you know, constructive attitude. But I think th- we, we go full circle back to the whole before and after. I think before and after photos as a concept, I think the idea they promote, maybe it could be seen the wrong way. But at the end, it's just them comparing themselves to themselves before, 
right? It's like, like, hey, look at me. Like, I worked on myself, and here's where I'm at now. I think that's, I think that's really good. That's the right mindset to have. But like, when people take it the wrong way, I think that's where we get into all the other problems we talked about. And like, yeah, I get you, Mark. I, I totally know what you mean. Um, but yeah, promote a healthy mental mindset. You know, a healthy attitude where you can view yourself as as a working progress, and that it's okay to feel down. It's okay to feel sad because that means your emotions are perfectly. They're working okay, and that it's okay to have all of these feelings, and that we should not should, but it's better to have a positive outlook about yourself and life, and that's yeah, that's 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 a good message. Mm-hmm. Stay positive. It's all we can do, really. Yeah, I mean, also don't try and change things that you know you don't really have control over, right? It's always <laughs> it's always good to think about like like more more things, right? Because when you think about more things, you learn some stuff, you you get a better idea of what other people are thinking. But at the end of the day, right, all you can really do is work on yourself, right, and the things mm-hmm. around you, rather than try and change the entire world. <laughs> All right, everyone, that's it for today's episode of the Rice Guys podcast. I'm Jay, I've been joined by Mark and Joe, and we'll see you next time. Peace out.